If you got your Bible there, go ahead and open it up to the book of John, Gospel account of John, chapter 14. We began some time ago speaking on a series about the helper. And our main text is here in John 14 and about verse 16. He said, I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Jesus was their comforter, and he told them he's leaving, and it upset them. And he went on to tell them, no, it's expedient for you. It's better for you that I go. And they had a, a challenge grasping that. What could be better than being with Jesus? But he said, no, it'll be better for you. Because uh, if I don't go, the comforter won't come. But when I go, I'm going to pray the Father. He's going to give you another comforter. One like me, of the same kind. But this comforter is not just going to be with you like I am. He's going to be in you. 24-7. And that word is fulfilled in the day in which you and I live. Believers have the Holy Spirit in them. And he is the helper. Skip on over to the uh, 16th chapter. 16 and 13. says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he'll show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things the Father hath are mine, therefore said I, he'll take of mine and shall show it unto you. The Holy Spirit is called the Comforter, also called the Helper. And here he mentions some specific ways that he helps us. He guides us into all the truth. He brings things to our remembrance, 1426 had said. He shows us things to come, this passage said. Did you know we need help? That we are not enough on our own. You know, it's a prideful and probably an ignorant individual that sees no need to pray, that sees no need To look to the Holy Spirit. Because that would be acting like. You got it under control. You don't need any help. But the truth is. We need help. We need help with the simplest of things. (laughs) And the good news is. We have help. Don't we? Believers have help. And what help we have. Say it out loud. I got the helper. On the inside of me. He guides me. Into all the truth. You know in every situation. That you're dealing with. That's one of the biggest things that you need to know. You need to know what's right. And what's wrong. What's truth and what's a lie. What's good and what's not good. 
Well, the Holy Spirit will show you that. Jesus said. Also, he said he brings to your remembrance everything I've said to you. Never say unbelieving things about your memory. Don't talk about how old you are and how you're getting absent-minded and and feeble-minded. Your words can hurt you. There's no reason that your mental capacities have to be diminished as you grow older. Absolutely no reason. Your body is aging, but your mind is not physical. Your brain's physical, but your mind is not. Are you listening, saints? You can actually get sharper and brighter the older you get. You have the mind of Christ. Does that sound like feeble and absent-minded? The mind of Christ? Certainly not. Say it out loud. I have the mind of Christ. I don't have the spirit of fear. But of power, love, and a sound mind. I have a sound mind. I know some folks, this is new to them. They, they, they haven't confessed like this or... Or said things like this. But it was this way from the beginning. Uh, Jesus is called the apostle of our confession. He works with what we say. Uh, Most Christians know that's how you get born again. Right? You believe it in your heart and you what? You say it with your mouth. That's how you get born again. Well the same way you get born again. Is how you live victoriously. How you live by faith. Don't talk what you feel. Talk what you want. Don't talk what you see, talk what you desire. Don't talk just what you think, talk what he said. Right? If you say what he said, he's able to do what you say in your life. In John, he gives us examples of how the Spirit helps us. But we've been looking at 1 Corinthians 12 about the other specific ways in which the Spirit of God manifests. You could also say ways he helps us. So let's go back there again and see how the Holy Spirit helps us. He's my helper. Phyllis and I talk about this often. We wouldn't go back to trying to do things without his help for any amount of money in the world. We rely on him continuously, continuously looking to him, checking with him. Because he knows everything. You might have met a few people who thought they knew everything, but he actually does. Do you know that? As a believer, the one who lives inside you knows everything about everything. He even knows about the future. Which way you should go. What you should do and not do. Do you think it would be worth our, our time and effort to get to be more aware of him? And learn to listen and pay attention. And yield to him. In uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 2 and 4. He said when I was with you. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. But in the power of God. 
our faith should not just be in concepts, in our doctrinal positions. Our faith should be in the reality of the power of God. If God is real, he has power. And he does powerful things. Always has, always will. Do you believe it? If you're a real believer, you believe in the miraculous. You can't even be a believer without believing in miracles. Let me say it like this. You can't be a Christian without believing in the miraculous. You can't be. Because you have to believe in the virgin birth. And you have to believe he was raised from the dead. Both of those are definitely miraculous. Right? You say, well, I, I don't. I don't necessarily believe in all that, but I'm a Christian. No, you're not. Sorry. If you don't believe in the virgin birth, you're not a Christian. If you don't believe Jesus was raised from the dead, you're not a Christian. Mm -mm. Can't be. But if you've read the Bible at all, you know it's full of miracles. Right? Creation is amazing and miraculous. Isn't it? God said... And it was. I know there are folks that don't believe that. But they're going to find out. I said they're going to find out. Soon and very soon. They're going to find out. After death. There are no more atheists. After death. There are no more agnostics. You can believe whatever you want to believe in this life. But as soon as you get out of here. Playing games is over. Everybody's going to see. And the Bible says every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess. Of beings in heaven. Of beings on the earth. Of beings under the earth. Everybody. It's going to be obvious then. But for folks to be rewarded. And folks to be included in ruling and reigning with him. And in his kingdom. You got to believe now. How many glad you believe now? I'm so thankful that the Lord's graced us to see and know and believe now. In 1 Corinthians 12, if you turn on over there, he talks about the manifestations of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 4. Verse 1 had said, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual things. Spiritual manifestations, the word gifts is added. Verse 4, he says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operation, but it's the same God which works all in all, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Who can have a manifestation of the Spirit? Everyone. This is written to believers in the church at Corinth. Every believer can have a manifestation or manifestations of the Spirit. And it's no wonder he said, I would not have you ignorant about these things because even after all these centuries, the, so much of the church is so ignorant. About this. I don't claim to know that much about it, but there's a whole lot of folks that just don't even believe in these things anymore. 
They never teach about them. They never talk about them. Or they've tried to turn all of them into something natural. When they're obviously not. They're supernatural. Let me read to you from the Young's literal translation. Who's the author of Young's concordance. And uh, you really have to watch modern translations on this chapter. A lot of them just absolutely got it wrong. What I mean by that is they put down what they think it means, not what the text said. That's not translation, is it? And a lot of your new translations will say it. Don't take my word for it. Check it out. Look it up in the literal. Look it up in things like I'm reading to you right now, and you'll see what it says. And it, one reason I'm reading this to you is because these words give a completely different meaning. Listen to verse 7. He says, to each has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for profit. For to one through the Spirit has been given a word of wisdom. Everybody say, a word word. of wisdom. wisdom. So what is the King James says? What? The word. But this is more accurate. And I like this better. And some people even have changed that and said, the gift of wisdom. And you even got a lot of charismatics nowadays talking about, you know, I have the gift of wisdom. And they think they're referring to this, and the Bible mentions no such gift. A word of wisdom. What is a word? A word is a fragmentary part of a sentence. It's not a page of wisdom. It's not a paragraph of wisdom. It's a word. This is revelation. Now, if you haven't been with us, we've already covered some of this in depth. And we don't have time to cover it all again tonight, but the materials are available to you at no charge. You can go online and download it for free. If you're in the house, you can go back and and get a uh, a CD, DVD here or in Branson. And we saw that he mentions these nine manifestations of the Spirit, and they are in three major categories. Three of them reveal something, three of them say something, and three of them do something. But they're all manifestations of the Spirit, and they're all ways that He helps us and things that He does in us, to us, through us, for us. A word of wisdom. To another, a word of knowledge. Wisdom, a revelation of God's wisdom, would have to do with things concerning His plan, with things concerning the future. Knowledge that you are aware, you know things that they're about the future and about the plan of God that there's no way you could know. You didn't figure it out. You didn't think. You didn't study it out. God revealed it to you. He showed it to you supernaturally. That's a word of wisdom. Knowledge, God knows everything. He knows everything that has happened. He knows everything that is going on. There's so many examples of it in the scripture. Like when Saul was going to be anointed king, he hid himself and they couldn't find him. And the prophet asked the Lord, where is he? And the Lord said, he's hid himself among the stuff. He didn't figure that out. Nobody told him that God revealed that God knew where he was. God knows where everybody is, right? And he could reveal Anything that he knows to you. Now he's not going to tell you everything he knows. I doubt we could handle that. But he can. And he's not going to even give you a whole book of it. But he's going to give you a word. 
here and there that can absolutely change your life. There are times you and I need to know things. And the Spirit of God can reveal it to us just like that. We can know it. And people might ask you, you know, how did you know that? It's not time for you to brag on yourself. Did you hear me, saints? Something happens, something's averted, something works out wonderful, some problem is avoided. And people say, how did you know that? You do not need to say, well, I have keen powers of observation. While other people are playing, I'm paying attention. And that's the way not to get any more. What you need to say is, I have amazing help. The Holy Spirit helps me. There are times he lets me know things. Now that doesn't make you a prophet. Did you hear me, friends? You could see and know something supernaturally. and That in and of itself doesn't make you a prophet. But any Christian could have some of these things. Let's keep reading. He says to another faith in the same spirit. To another gifts of healings. In the original both are plural. Gifts of healings. In the same spirit. And to another in workings of mighty deeds. Again plural. To another prophecy. To another discernings of spirits. You hear a lot of times people say I have the gift of discernment. No such thing is mentioned in the scriptures. That's not what this is talking about. Discernings of spirits. We've already talked about it at some length. To another divers kinds of tongues. To another interpretation of tongues. I know of at least three. Here the Bible mentions different kinds of tongues. I know of at least three kinds of tongues. As far as the purpose of them. The Bible talks about tongues as a sign. The Bible talks about tongues as ministry. And the Bible talks about tongues as edification. And when it says do all speak with tongues. He's talking about as a ministry. And then on the other hand he says you may all speak with tongues and prophesy. Well that's talking about edification. All of us can build ourselves up speaking in tongues. But that doesn't necessarily mean God's going to use us as a sign tongue. Are in ministry to others. How many think there's a lot to be learned about these things? There is. And again, I don't claim to know the half of it. But I thank God for what we have seen. And I'm believing for more of these manifestations. How many think one of the great ways to learn about them is have them happen? You can enjoy things that you don't understand. Can't you? Somebody say, what just happened? What, What gifts were that? I don't know, but boy, it sure worked out good, didn't it? Let's give the glory to God, right? We know it wasn't us. We know we had some amazing help, right? I want us to talk some this evening about the power manifestations. We said there are three that reveal and three that say and there are three that do. And the three manifestations that do something are special faith, working on miracles, Workings of miracles and gifts, plural, of healings. These three do something. And I want us to start out with the workings of miracles. Because I believe it's, it's typical of uh, some of the other. 
workings of miracles. Everybody say that out loud. Workings of miracles. You believe in the miraculous? We're reading the New Testament here, aren't we? Workings of miracles. Now the word working literally means to be active or operative. It's, it's the root words where we get our word energetic, energy, energetic. Sometimes it's translated operation. It means to be active, to work. And the word mighty, boy, I like this one. Uh, working of miracles is also from the, is translated mighty or mighty works or mighty deeds. It's the word for force or power. And I like this definition. Uh, Strong's brings this out. It is force that makes able or possible. What kind of power, this working of miracles, it is an activity in power that makes possible. Things that are otherwise impossible. Things you couldn't do. Things I couldn't do. But things his power can make possible. Don't you like that saints? Say it out loud. Power Power. that makes possible. Now you know this planet's been here a long time and all our life we've seen the same kind of cycles and the sunrise and set and seasons and everything else. But Something made it possible for this planet to be here and for gravity to exist and for the solar system and the universe and and the power and light of the sun. Some power made that possible. Who could deny that? I said, who could deny that? Some power made that possible. We believe it is the power of God. And our faith does not just stand in the wisdom of men, in ideas. Our faith stands in the power. The power that created our bodies. The power that gives us our next breath. The power that keeps this planet turning. Who could deny its reality? There is a lot of power making stuff possible. The scripture says all things are upheld by the word of his power. If you study the orbits of the planets and how they stay together. If you look at the planet and how it stays together. If you look under the microscope and the most powerful microscopes and see how the smallest particles stay together. What's keeping them from flying apart? That's a mystery scientists are struggling with right now. What is holding everything together? And people have come up with all kind of ideas. Well, it's dark matter. It's this, it's that. What is dark matter? They don't have a clue. A clue. They know something else is out there. And there's a whole lot of it. (laughs) Oh yeah, there's something else out there. Do you think there's life out there? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. The creator of life. And he fills up heaven and earth 
with himself, with his ability. We have no idea how big he is, how awesome he is, how powerful he is. But we're going to find out more about it soon and very soon. Do you look forward to the day when you're before his throne? When though we that, that knew in part, we learned some other parts. And that uh, we're not just seeing through a glass darkly anymore. But it clears up for us. Aren't we thankful that we know him? And he calls us his own. His children. Go with me if you would to the book of. Uh, let's see. Old Testament to Exodus. Let's give you some examples. Of the work in the miracles. Why? Not just for a history lesson, but so you'll know where to look for these kind of things to happen in our day, in our lives. What is a workings of miracles? What is it? What does it mean? Anything that's a correct understanding of Scripture is in the, there are examples of it in the scripture. How do you rightly divide the word? How do you explain a scripture? With other scripture. Always. There has to be agreement and continuity. Can't just take a half a verse. Well people do it. But you oughtn't to take this half a verse. And come up with some wild idea. That you got no examples of in the scripture. If you think that a passage means something. If it's right you'll be able to see that. In other places in the scripture. So what's the work in the miracles? Let's give you several. Old Testament and New. Does this have anything to do with us? Why? Because the same spirit. That we're going to read about. Who did these things. Is in this service tonight. Is in you. Is in me. Helps us. And God never changes. He's still doing. These kind of things. You believe it? In Exodus 7 and 10. Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh. And they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh. And before his servants. And it became a serpent. Is this a miracle? I know some folks don't believe it. But it absolutely happened just like it reads here. But it involved a rod. A stick was involved. And that stick was involved in other places. In chapter 8 and verse 5. 8 and 5. He said, stretch forth your hand with your rod over the streams and the frogs would come up. In verse 16. Stretch out your rod. And the dust of the land would become lice. Stretch out your rod. Look in the 14th chapter. 14 and 16. I don't have to go to all these. You've read this. You know. This rod was involved in some things. He told him they're standing there at the Red Sea. The Egyptians are about to come to, to kill them all. And they can't move forward because of the Red Sea. He said, lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. 
And that's exactly what he did. He stretched out the rod with his hand. And the sea parted. Power. Amazing power. Made it possible. You believe it saints? Could God have done this. Without a man. And without a stick. I reckon he could. But this is how he chose to do it. And this is how he told his man to do it. Right? Stretch out your hand with your rod. Now, no doubt, different aberrations of this is where eventually it came down to a sorcerer and a wand. Some kind of little stick to make things happen magically. But I want you to notice one of the biggest distinguishments between what is real and what is right and what is fiction and what is will never be right. Moses did not have power in himself to wave his stick and make something happen. Are you listening to me, friends? His stick did not have magic powers that he could weld when he decided to. The Lord told him to do something and he couldn't do anything except what the Lord told him to do. Jesus said this repeatedly. How many believe Jesus would be the ultimate example? Moses is an example. Others are an example. Jesus is the ultimate example of working of miracles. And he says, I can of my own self do nothing. You remember reading it in the book of John. He said, what I I do, what I see my father do. And I say what I hear him say. See, man has liked to imagine that I can do this and that and I can get power. I can get magical powers. And I can do this or that. Or some have imagined that, you know, if I'm a Christian, maybe I can get some powers. No. In and of yourself, you have nothing. And you can do nothing. You can't do any miracles. You can't heal anybody. And the person that said they can is wrong. And yet, God uses people. And he uses things. And he uses actions. Workings. Did you hear, friends? Reach out that rod. And when he did that, that was a working. And when he did that, power that made it possible came on the scene. Moses didn't do it. The stick didn't do it. God split the Red Sea. Right? But he used a man and his hand and a stick. Didn't he? Obviously he did. Look in 2 Kings. Let's look at another example. 2 Kings, the second chapter. 2 Kings 2 and 8. This is the story of Elijah and Elisha. And you know, he's with him this day that he's about to be taken away. And they got to the, the waters, and Elijah took his mantle. 
And he wrapped it together. And he smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither. So they too went over on dry ground. There was power that made this possible. But involved in it was a man and a mantle. The man did something. And it was connected with power being manifested. When Elijah was taken up in the, uh, the chariot and the whirlwind. And his mantle came down floating and, and, and Elisha picked it up. Uh, some revelation here. Your mantle for service you don't need when you leave here. You need it for service down here. And Elisha picked up that mantle. How many know that's symbolic? He's going to operate in the same ministry, isn't he? Now in the place of his teacher and example. Verse 14, he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and he smote the waters. And he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, just like with Elijah. And Elisha went over. A mantle. A stick. An action. A working. Did the Lord have to use that mantle, you reckon? Reckon he could have done it another way. Certainly he could. But he chose to do it this way. Do you think there are lessons for us? Do we need to understand some things about how he works? In the fourth chapter and the 38th verse. After this had happened. Elisha came to Gilgal. There was a Darth in the land. And the sons of prophets were sitting before him. And he said unto his servants. Set on a great pot. And they sat on the pot. Keep going. One of them went out and gathered some herbs and found a wild vine and gathered up wild gourds and came and shred them in the pottage, for they didn't know what kind they were. How many think that's not such a good idea? Put stuff in the pot, you don't know what it is. But they were hungry, and there was a darth, there was a a drought in the land. And verse 40, they poured it out to eat, and it came to pass as they're eating it. That one of them cried out and said, oh man, the God, there's death in the pot. Somebody figured out that what they put in was poisonous. And they couldn't eat. They stopped eating. I guess they're all scared they're going to die. Verse 41. He said, bring some meal. And he cast it into the pot. And he said, now you can go ahead and serve it and eat. And there was no harm in the pot. He cast meal in the pot. Why do you suppose he did that? It's always been this way. He was a prophet. The Lord showed him. The Lord showed him to do that. And so when he did that, power was released that made it possible for them to eat this and not be harmed by it. Power that caused the poisonous to be no longer harmful. Somebody say power that makes possible. Why throw some meal in there? God uses us. He uses things. He uses our obedience of faith. In this case, he's not turning something 
from nothing, he's turning something into something else. Something that exists into something else. He's changing it. Look at Jesus in John 2. John 2. This is the perfect example of this. This is much more exciting than you may know. Why do you say, Brother Keith? Miracles can happen in your life. God still does miracles today. People say, well, I don't believe it. Well, you won't be bothered with them. Don't be concerned. They're not going to jump on you against your will. These signs follow believers. And also, folks that know how to cooperate with him. And he'll tell you to do things that you don't understand why. Case in point. They're at the wedding feast. Do you remember this? John 2, verse 7. They're at the wedding feast. And Jesus told them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. Keep going. He said, draw out now and bear to the governor. You know the story. Keep going. Verse 9. Ruler of the feast, when he tasted, he called the bridegroom. Verse 10. He said, every man at the beginning does set forth good wine. When men have well drunk, that which is worse. But you have kept the good wine until now. And no doubt when he said that, all the guys that filled the water pots looked at each other and said, wine? They put H2O in there. They knew what was in there. What's he talking about? Verse 11. This beginning of what? Miracles. Miracles, mighty power, force that makes possible. Did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him? Is this a miracle? It is a miracle. But notice the wine was not created from nothing in the pot. The Lord took something that they put in there by faith and miraculously changed it into something else that was on another level. They were involved in the miracle, weren't they? Was there a working? There was an activity. There was action. And if you back up in that uh, second chapter earlier than our verse 7 what is about verse 5 or so whatsoever he says to you do it that is the key to getting a miracle that's it it is no more complicated than that if he says stretch out your rod what do you do Stretch out your rod. You can get a miracle. If he says throw some meal in the pot. What do you do? Throw meal in the pot. If he says fill the water pots up with water. Now your mind. If you let it. Will talk you out of these kind of things. They could have said. What do we need to do that for? It's not water. We don't need the water pots filled right now. We got a, a banquet going on. 
We need this. We got to do that. I can't be out there filling up a water pot. And you can talk yourself right out of a miracle. Whatever he says to you. Do it. I want us to go over this real slow. Tell me what is the key to getting a miracle in your life. What is the key? The key. Whatever he says to you. Do it. I didn't say whatever you dreamed up. I didn't say whatever somebody else said you ought to do. Whatever he says to you. Do it. And see what happens. Again and again. It'll be something miraculous. Something you couldn't do. Power that made something possible. That otherwise would have been impossible. You couldn't do. Nobody else could do. But he could do it. These miracles had come in all kind of shapes and forms. We've had a number of miracles in the Sarasota church before the doors were ever opened. The Lord has done, I mean it seemed like every other day, something amazing was happening that enabled this thing to go forward and get to the place where it was. I know uh, one uh, morning... Phyllis told me she was praying in the morning time and the Lord dealt with her to go to a certain place that she had never been. And then she was to see some folks that there that she had never met and to talk to them. And so she did. She got up like a, a good little obedient girl and, and she dressed and she was there and she was, you know, no appointments, no anything. And this happened not just once, but several times. And amazing, miraculous things happen that enable this thing to go and be. Now that's not turning the water into wine, but we really didn't need the water turned into wine on this. We needed a church, a place for us to be. This kind of thing has happened over and over and over again. The Lord's dealt with me, the same kind of thing. Others that work with us and under us, the same kind of thing. Get up, go here, do this. Now you start questioning why. I don't know, they don't know. What's that got to do with anything? What's putting water in the pot got to do with the wine? But if you will obey, tell me how to get a miracle again. Tell me how to get it. Whatever he says to you, do it. You might say, well, I've had people say, well, I did that and it was a disaster. Well, then he didn't tell you to do it. You just dreamed something up. (laughs) And you need to have enough humility to admit that you didn't hear from him. And you made some stuff up. You just had had an imagination. But don't give up. Just say, Lord, teach me. Help me. I repent. I don't want to mess up. Show me the real thing. Right? Because there is the real. I said there is the real. Do you believe there's the real? In the 6th chapter. I won't go into detail. But in the 6th chapter of John. You know the story of the feeding of the multitudes. Don't you? Could God have created enough food out of thin air to feed all those people? Did he really need the little boy's lunch? I'm not going to say he didn't need it. I don't know. I know he created everything we see. 
from things that are not seen. It didn't say he created it from nothing. I see looks across the crowd. Go to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 11.3. Read it out loud with me. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by what? By the word of God, so that things which are seen didn't say they're made out of nothing. It's made out of what? Were not made of things which do appear. So it's made out of things that don't appear. That's not the same as being made out of nothing. Just because you can't see it, don't mean it's not something there. That's what these researchers are talking about with space and all the uh, dark matter. They said there's something there. Yeah, there's something there. Just because you can't see it. Spirit. We don't. We can't see it. The Bible teaches us there's angels in this room right now. Don't see them. God's a spirit. The Holy Spirit is spirit. You are a spirit. Just because you don't see it don't mean it's not real. And here, God fed this crowd, but he used something. He used the little boy's lunch, and he used the disciples breaking it and, and passing it down. It multiplied in their hands and in the people's hands. I've seen things like this before. Not the feeding of the multitude, but miracles where it happened in such a way You'd, you'd want to scratch your head and go, well, now wait a minute. Was this this way already? I've seen lumps and growths go away. And they were there. I mean, I, I'm thinking of a lady one time I was praying for, and she had this great big lump on her wrist here. I had my hand on it. And just as faster than you could blink your eyes, it's not there. And your mind wants to say, was it really there to start with? God does miracles in such a way again and again that if you want to doubt, you can. You can make up something. You can explain it away. But his power makes things possible that otherwise are not. And as they were, can you imagine sitting there with those thousands of people and food comes by you and you break it and pass it down? How many know with a few loaves and a few fish, you should run out? right away right like the first what half dozen people you ought to think oh we're out but down one row down the next down the next down this section of 50 and this section of 50 what's happening it is multiplying in their hands while they're breaking it and passing it then the guy that breaks it and passes it it's multiplying in his hands and her hands and his hands and her hands and everybody's eating and while they're eating it just keeps on multiplying and everybody gets through and thousands of people are full and you got baskets left over and you started with this much but the Lord didn't just make it out of nothing he used the little boy's lunch, didn't he? And he used their acts of obedience. There was an activity, there was an operation, there was a working. 
I mean, if you look back in your life and you let the Lord show you, you'll see and notice some things. If you say, I don't know how we made it through that. I don't know how that worked out. How could that have happened? It didn't look like that was ever going to work. Something happened as you were going. As they went, they were healed. As you were doing it. As you're doing what he told you to do, mighty power that makes possible can be released. On your behalf, favor, ability, provision, protection, healing, things for your babies, things for your kids, things for your teenagers. You believe it or not, saints? I want somebody to say in here, I believe in miracles. I have faith in the power of God. So we're not just talking about faith in the wisdom of men and what somebody told us. Not just in intelligence, in concepts. We have faith in the very real power of God. The same power of God that's holding the atoms together. Holding the planet together. Holding the solar system together, that power makes things possible that otherwise would be impossible. In the ninth chapter and the sixth verse. Man, I'm excited about this already. How about you? Do we have the same Jesus today as we're reading about right here? He hasn't changed. His will hasn't changed. They brought this blind man to Jesus. And Jesus spit on the ground and he made some clay with the spit. I know it sounds unsanitary, but I think if you read the end of the story and you ask this man what he thought about it, he'd say, Jesus can spit on me anytime, anytime, anytime. (laughs) He made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. Now, we don't know why the man was blind, but we do know it was a very serious situation. His parents talked about him being blind. Maybe he was born without something in his eyes. And he puts, how many know God created man from what? The earth. Clay is is earth. And I'm sure to this day, we don't know exactly what's in spit. (laughs) Do we? We don't know. Wonder why Jesus would do this. Why would he do this? Now we know there are other times he just spoke to people. Didn't even touch them. Right? Be loosed. Be this. Be the other. Actually, that's an example of special faith. Where Moses reached his rod across and it happened, not necessarily saying anything. Special faith could get the same result, not by using a stick or any motion, but just by speaking to it. We'll talk more about that later. But he put this clay in this spittle in the eyes of the blind man. And verse 7, he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. He went his way, therefore, and washed And came seeing. Something miraculous happened in his eyes. 
And God used spit and clay. Was there a working here? Was there an operation? It's obvious, isn't it? Why did Jesus do this? We know from his own mouth. He said, I only do what I see my father do. He saw, and then he said it like this, the father in me, he does the works. So in seeing himself do it, he is seeing the father who's in him do it. He saw himself doing this. And so he just did what he saw. And told the man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Wonder what if the man hadn't done it? Could it have affected his outcome? Certainly it could. Is faith a factor in these? All these manifestations of the Spirit we're talking about, it takes faith to yield to them. It takes faith to act on them. Every one of them. The folks that don't believe in it, that scoff at it, that mock it, they'll never have it. But those that believe, am I talking to some believers? Those that believe, to them, all things are possible to him that believes. If God can do something to an eye, wonder if he could do something to a kidney. Wonder if he could do something to a gallbladder. Wonder if he could do something to a bone or a joint or a part of your brain. You believe in miracle saints? Well, then we need to be open to him telling us to do something. He might give you some kind of action, some kind of something to do. And it might not make sense to you. But if he really told you, and you do it, at the end of your action, you're going to meet some power. Some power that makes possible. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Go with me over to the book of Acts, and let's look at just a couple more here. Book of Acts, the uh, fifth chapter, Acts chapter 5. I have faith in the power of God. I have faith in the miraculous. Do you? The miraculous is not always spectacular. Did you notice a number of times Jesus told people, don't go tell? I mean, amazing things that he did. He said, and he said, don't go tell this. What does that mean? I don't want this broadcast. Now, see, we would think, you've got to be kidding me. This is an amazing, bona fide miracle. Surely God wants everybody. No, mm -mm, no, no. A lot of times he said, don't tell it. Don't tell it to anybody in the town. Don't tell it to anybody in that region. People say, well, man, if everybody would see that, didn't they all believe? Not necessarily. No. Seeing miracles does not give you faith. Seeing miracles does not make you believe. It doesn't. You can see the most amazing thing right in front of your eyes. And you can come away skeptical. You can come away shocked. But that's not faith. And if you think about it long enough and you don't want to believe it, you can come up with something. The devil will help you. You can come up with a reason. Why, well, that just, you know, it was uh, gas vapors off the swamp, and it was the angle of the light, and it was, and it was this, and it was that. You can explain anything away if you want to. But a believer believes before you see. 
And while you see and after you see. You were a believer before and you're a believer after. You chose to believe. People say, well, seeing is believing. Absolutely not true. That's contrary to scripture. Seeing is not believing. Faith comes by hearing. hearing. And it's a choice. It's a choice. I'm so glad the Lord's helped us to make that choice. Phyllis and myself, a lot of you would say the same thing. I, I want to see some things. I want to experience some things. But I don't have to see one more thing for me to believe that God is real. And that he's a miracle working God. I don't have to see one more thing. I have seen some things. But I believed before I saw that. I'm expecting to see some more things. But I already believe. Does the atmosphere and environment make any difference about miracles happening? Hmm? Does it make any difference? Are, are, are miracles happen more where people believe than where people don't? Oh, absolutely. Jesus in his own hometown. Mark 6 says he could there, didn't say he decided not to. He could there do no mighty work. He couldn't do these mighty miracles we're talking about. Somebody said, Jesus couldn't do it. That's what it said. And he marveled because of their unbelief. But where people did believe him, oh man, amazing things happened. Blind saw, deaf heard, lame walked, dead were raised. You believe it? Has he changed or is it still his will to do those same kind of things? It is. It is. What we should do is know that we of ourselves cannot work a miracle. We cannot raise somebody from the dead. We cannot heal somebody. What we can do is ask the Lord to manifest these things. We don't care who he uses. We don't care how it comes. Nobody has to know our name. Nobody has to know we were involved in any shape, form, or fashion. All we want is the people to get help. People to get free. And make ourselves available and as the church, see, when he's writing to 1 Corinthians 12, he's writing to the whole church at Corinth about these things. And be ready and willing that if and when he tells us to do something, we're primed. We're ready. We don't have to understand it all. We're ready. And we believe he can do anything. Right? We believe he can heal your body no matter how bad a shape it's in. We believe he can give you peace of mind no matter what you've been through. Hmm? We believe your kids and teenagers can get straightened out no matter how much drugs they took. No matter how many times they've been in jail. No matter how far off they got. God does miracles. He's a miracle working. Almighty. Good. Good God. If we believe this and we open ourselves up to this, He's going to say some things. He's going to tell us, go here, do that, do this, do the other. He's done it all through the scripture, hadn't He? Stretch out your rod, gather the water pots, put mud in His eye, huh? <laughs> Throw out your net. Break the fish and, and loaves and pass them out. 
Is this a continuous theme throughout the scriptures? He's telling his people things. And as surely as that have enough faith to obey and do what he said. Here comes manifestations of mighty power. Mighty power. That makes things possible. That otherwise could never have happened. Acts 5. 14. Believers were added to the Lord. Verse 15, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Verse 16, and there came a multitude and they brought sick and vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed every one. Here God's using A man's shadow. On this occasion. You needed to be. Pretty close. Where the shadow. Fell across you. I know this sounds like fiction to folks. This sounds like. Oh that's crazy. It's not crazy. It's the New Testament. And a lot of the church. Has gotten so educated. They think they know so much. They've said, oh, that's got to be some kind of parable, some kind of... uh..." No, no, no. Peter walked by. His shadow came across people. And they jumped up healed. It happened. It happened. People say, I just can't believe that. That's not true. You choose not to believe it. You could believe it if you chose to. I choose to. And it makes me happy. How about you? (laughs) Makes me happy. Because I'm convinced it happened just this way. And I'm convinced God's still doing things like this. And if we'll draw near to him. And we'll listen to him. And we'll obey him. Apparently. He told Peter, walk by him and let your shadow fall across him. How would Peter explain that? How is he to understand? You don't have to understand it. How do you get a miracle? Help me out, friends. How do you get a miracle? You don't have to understand one piece of it. Whatever he says to you, just do it. God, I need to pay my taxes. I mean, tax bills due tomorrow. Go fishing. Go fishing now. I need to go fishing. I need a job or something. I need some money. Go fi- That's why people don't get miracles because they're so smart. They know that when you got to pay taxes, you absolutely never go fishing. That's why folks don't get miracles. How many remember Naaman the leper? Remember him? He heard about the man of God. He heard miracles were happening over there. So he traveled a long distance. He went to great effort. He's sick. And he shows up. And the man didn't even come out to meet him after his long trip. He sent his servant out. And his servant said, you need to go dip in the river. Seven times. It made him mad. It infuriated him. He said, surely I thought the man would come out and call on his God and strike his hand. Oh, famous last words. Surely I thought. 
I thought it'd be like this. I thought the Lord would do this. I thought he'd pray for me and I thought he'd do this. No, he just says, so the man of God ain't going to come see me. Nope. He says, go dip in the river. Go dip. Seven times. Man, it made him mad. He almost missed God. He almost missed his healing. Man, they burnt rubber and left out of the driveway. As much as you can in the chariot. And they're going down the road, going back home. And, and, and his servant says, uh, uh, Master, you know, we were prepared to do a lot. We brought all this money. We brought all this stuff. And why not just do what he said? We're, all, we're here. And you know, like some leaders do sometimes, he had an idea. You know, we're here. Why don't we just do that? And the servant said, excellent idea, sire. Yes. Uh, and while he's dipping the Bible said his flesh changed and became like a little child's, perfectly clean and healthy. But did he have to do something? Did he have to obey? Did it take faith when he didn't understand? Tell me again how you get a miracle. I'm listening for Branson people. How do you get a miracle? Whatever he says to you, do it. Yes. Somebody say it by faith. Whatever he says to me. Whether I understand it or not. Whether it makes sense to my head or not. Whatever he says to me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And you know what the next verse after that one is? And mighty deeds. Mighty deeds. Miraculous wonders happen. Things happen that you couldn't do. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks be unto God. His ways are wonderful. He's amazing, isn't he? In the 19th chapter of Acts, Acts 19 and 11. God wrought special what? Special what? Miracles. Miracles. By the hands of Paul. Paul wrought special miracles. It's very important that we get this right. Brother Keith, you claim to be a miracle worker. No, I'm not the miracle worker. Jesus himself said, I can of my own self do nothing. If Jesus said that, what should all of his followers say? I of myself, I can't do one thing. What I can do is do what he tells me to do. Right? And if he tells me to stretch out my rod, I can do that. If he tells me to throw some meal in the pot, I can do that. If he tells me to spit on it, put some mud, I can do that. If he tells me to fill up a water pot with water, I can do that. Right? Paul didn't say Paul wrought special miracles by God. God 
wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Keep reading. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. So God is using Paul's hands. God is using handkerchiefs. God is using aprons. Isn't he? And they were brought to the sick and they were put on them, I guess, on their body. And the diseases departed from them. And the evil spirits went out of them. They were healed. They were delivered. God did it. And the Bible calls it special things. God, Well, you know, your shadow falling on somebody and them being healed. Uh, somebody getting your handkerchief and having a miracle. These are some special things, aren't they? Wonder if God still does special things. He never changes. He never changes. They were healed. They were delivered. This, my friends, is New Testament. Isn't it New Testament? New Testament. Same church we're a part of. We preach the same gospel, don't we? Supposed to. Same name of Jesus. Same Holy Spirit. Same manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Same wonderful helper. Reckon the Lord would like to help us out more. Think he'd like to help us out with some more of these manifestations? I'm convinced of it. What should we do then? What kind of changes can we make? We can believe in this. We can pray more. Are you listening, saints? We can pray more. And we can obey. We can step out. When he does speak to us, you say, what if I make a mistake? You probably will make some mistakes. (laughs) But don't quit. Don't give up. If you do miss it, just see to it that your heart was right, your intentions were good, and be quick to admit it if you mess up. Be quick to admit it. And say, well, I I messed up. I jumped to a wrong conclusion. It's easy to fill in the blanks and assume and presume. But it doesn't do away with what we just read in this Bible tonight. It doesn't do away with the fact that God is real and a miracle worker. And one of the things he has said in the church is workings of miracles. Everybody stand on your feet. Let's pray over this. Let's release our faith. Let's believe the Lord. You know, we could have some more miracles tonight. We could have a miracle on the way home. Do you know you could have a miracle tomorrow or next week? Do you believe it? Let's close our eyes and let's pray this out loud. Everybody said out loud, Father God, I believe in you. I believe in your word. Just what you said. Working of miracles is true. It's real. It's right. We ask you, teach us more about it. We're hungry. We desire these gifts, these manifestations, these supernatural workings of your spirit. Show us how to recognize 
and how to yield to what you want to do in our services, in our lives, at home, on the job, at church, anywhere, anytime. And we say, and we pray, get glory to yourself and do these things according to your perfect will in our midst as it pleases you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our praise. Let's lift up our voices. Let's lift up our faith and say, faith and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're so thankful. We're so grateful. We're so appreciative. Thank you, 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 thank you. Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.